When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chip Tam and football. That's what Pittsburgh does. Good afternoon. I'm Brian Batko from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, one of our Steelers beat writers. And today I'm joined by one of our former beat writers. Actually, it was when he left the PG that I slid over to my current role. It's the Hall of Famer, the legendary Ed Bouchette. Thanks for popping your head up from retirement today, Ed. How is everything? Just woke me up from a nap, Brian. Everything's <laughs> great. <laughs> Did you nap during the Mike Tomlin Tuesday press conference? Uh, when I was working, I did. Yes. <laughs> That's fitting that you would do it again now, <laughs> for sure. Um, all right. Well, we've got uh, we've got plenty to talk uh, about with you, Ed. But first, this show is presented by Pella. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on your energy costs year-round. Schedule your free in-home consultation with your local Pella windows and doors to find the right product for your home and your budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560. To discuss your project further, that's 866-593-1560 to get started with Pella, Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. And Ed, let's start our show with the news of the day, something you're uniquely qualified to, to chime in on. Uh, early Tuesday, it was announced that Heinz Ward named a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame for the eighth time. James Harrison makes that cut for the second time. Let's start with Heinz. Um, you know, does he get in, Ed? Should he? Will he ever? Mike Tomlin just gave him a, a ringing endorsement earlier today at the end of his presser. Yeah, when I was still working and he was a finalist for the first or, or semi-finalist for the first or second time, Brian, I talked to Mike about him and he was very enthusiastic. I don't know how you cannot be enthusiastic about Heinz Ward. Um, not only does he have the stats, um, he played without a... Um, uh, ace one ACL in his one knee. Uh, he um, he could throw a ball as and he could um, obviously. I think the best blocking wide receiver I ever saw. And people who might laugh at that, go look at some of some of his blocks. And then because of that reputation, people would avoid him and not make tackles. Just watching Hines to be where he was. I remember Rod Woodson when he was playing safety for Baltimore, just being really ticked off that Hines threw a block on him. Like <laughs> you're a wide receiver. You're not allowed to do that. And then he was MVP in the Super Bowl, uh, just an all around great teammate, great attitude. Um, I don't know how many games he missed. There weren't very many. I know he had a couple injuries here and there, but uh, he was always a guy they could count on. And, you know, he wasn't blessed with great speed, but he sure scored a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards, a lot of catches. And um, to me, he needs to break out of that semifinal thing yeah. and get into the finals because, Brian, a lot of people may not know how this works. Yeah, that's why I wanted to have you on today. It's you're nobody, nobody better to explain it than you when it comes down to this. Well, it, when you get into the final 15, you go into a room with the 50 voters. You don't actually go in, your name goes in. Yeah. And they just, that'd be interesting if the players themselves went in. Imagine telling James Harrison, hey, you're not making the cut today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but they discuss each candidate and they discuss them and they debate them. And it's, it's a pretty good debate. And that's where you have an opportunity for not only the guy from Pittsburgh, but from others to talk about Heinz and to maybe tell them some things they didn't know about Heinz. You can write all you want about Heinz. You can broadcast all you want about Heinz. But when you're in that room, looking at these people in the eye, that is where you can make an impact. And I'm not saying strong arm. I'm just talking about reasonably explaining why this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm, I'm not going to repeat this for James Harrison, but the same would go for him. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say with James, um, and that's interesting that you bring that up because it's just naturally somebody who covers the NFL from Seattle is not going to be, well, that's a bad example because of the Super Bowl. Somebody who covers the NFL from LA <laughs> is not going to be as intimately familiar with Hines. And as Tomlin was saying today, how it's, it's not just the stats. You got to ask people who played in that generation with them. They're not going to be as um, familiar overall with what that player contributed. So that, that does make a lot of sense. And with James, I guess he's kind of the inverse of Hines in a way, even though you said it's, it's a lot of the same, uh, you know, logic, but he was the best player at his position for a time, but the longevity isn't quite there. I mean, what are your thoughts on his, I guess, more specific credentials? And when you're in those rooms, do do some people tend to weigh more of uh, shorter spans of brilliance versus long-time consistency? If you're, if you're hurt, I, I'll bring up a great example. Tony Baselli, he only played, I think, it's seven seasons, six or seven seasons. He was spectacular in those six and seven seasons. It took for a while for him to get in. I'm talking about the great left tackle for the Jacksonville. Yep. I saw him in the press box, uh, Jaguars at Steelers, a few weeks nice ago. And he, looked, he looked about 200 pounds lighter than when he played. Don't all those linemen. You know, yeah. Max Starks down, down the line. Um, but, you know, he was hurt, and it ended his career. And it was like Gale Sayers, and people brought Gale Sayers up and some other short-term careers where guys were brilliant and made the Hall of Fame. And they made a get, very good case for Tony Baselli. Now, I, what I would do with James, James played, what, 15 years? So you're not going to say he had a short career, but it was one of those careers that never took off until maybe, I, I don't have this in front of me, maybe his sixth year. You know, he was cut. He was an undrafted uh, free agent. He was cut. Um, he went Special and played teams, yeah. NFL Europe. <laughs> he, Baltimore picked him up and then cut him, and then the Steelers brought him back. And uh, he's, he was behind um, Joey Porter for a while. You know, he right. couldn't break into that. And it wasn't until Mike Tomlin came in 06 that, uh, they, that Porter left as a free agent to Miami, and um, James came in and started it. Bang! I mean, it was like a comet. Yeah. You know, hitting hitting the football field. He was unbelievable. And he's only six feet. And he used that strength and leverage for to get underneath those tackles and, and, and pass rush. And NFL Defensive Player of the Year. The greatest, not maybe the greatest, the greatest play in Super Bowl history. I, I don't care which ones you want to bring up. Now, San Antonio Holmes certainly had one. You know, some others had him. The, the helmet catch. Nobody has turned a game around like him with a 100-yard interception when it looked like the other team was going in for a score. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I guess that's that's well put. I mean, you can't necessarily penalize a guy because 
the evaluators, the coaches maybe didn't see it uh, and, until later on in his career, uh, especially well, somebody undrafted. I will say. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And this is not a knock on James, but he was his own worst enemy early on because he had such an attitude, which <laughs> maybe maybe helped his career eventually. Yeah, right. But he had such an attitude. I remember one one coach just saying he was just afraid of him. You know, <laughs> yeah. Coach. Not a head coach. Uh, and uh, that, you know, he was just, but I always liked him. I mean, personally, too. Um, you know, he was gruff. You know, he was a Greg Lloyd type of gruff guy, but not to that extent. Um, and he was, he, hey, he was a linebacker. He didn't want him to be soft and queasy. For sure. And you said six foot. I don't even know that he was six foot. I mean, that was who he was listed I, as, but, and especially because he walks kind of slouched down with those humongous. His shoulders probably weigh him down, but uh, yeah, yeah, just a big, just a specimen weight room. That's why those shoulders were so big, for sure. Uh, second half of the show, we'll talk current Steelers, but first, uh, this message from Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over forty years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call one eight hundred Complex or visit GPW Law. Dot com for a free consultation and a brief word from Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level for your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Ed, you're a wealth of uh, Steelers knowledge and, and history Contrary to what some might think, you were not covering the team when Burt Bell fired himself as head coach midseason in 1941. But how surprised were you to see the Steelers make a very unRooney-like move last week? Fire Matt Canada ten games in. Uh, really, un, I say unRooney-like, really unprecedented. Yeah, I was wondering when the parade was going to be held. <laughs> um, you know, Tuesday's a day off. Maybe they could have had it today. Um, I'm, I'm a little. I, I'm I'm conflicted on this just a little bit, Brian. I do think he was a terrible offensive coordinator and had to go. Uh, I'm surprised Mike hired him in the first place, and then second place kept him on uh, this long. Uh, it was just terrible. And that game against Cleveland was the was the last straw, I think, because of some of the play calls and everything else. And uh, an, a, another reason, Kenny Pickett not developing. Um, is, uh, I don't know if it's Canada's fault. Surely Sullivan's the quarterback's coach. He's been working with Pickett too, and now Sullivan's calling the play. So I don't know if he gets some discredit for not, uh, um, for not helping Pickett advance, progress, whatever you want to call it, or maybe it's just Pickett won't progress. We don't know any of that right now, but I, I thought it was a little, well, everybody has noted it, it is not Steeler-like for, for Art Rooney to fire him. And and don't be dissuaded by what anybody else says. Art Rooney fired him. Jerry Dulac reported that. Uh, 
I fully believe that. I've heard it from elsewhere too. But the fact Jerry reported it, you can take it to the bank. And Mike saying he fired him, that to me is semantics that, uh, yeah, he gave him the word, you're fired. Uh, you know, and yeah. of course, Mike, Mike, any head coach doesn't want anyone to think that the boss ordered him to fire one of his assistants because that does not reflect well on the coach. But neither here nor there. I didn't know that this, this, I, I don't know that Art at this point should be butting in, if you will. I know he's the owner, this, that, and the other thing, but the coaches are hired by the coach supposedly it's his domain and he should be the one who decides they could have done it after the season now there's a debate you can debate maybe that that holds back Pickett even more maybe it does but uh i think i'm not going to call it a precedent because i don't know if it'll ever be done again certainly it's never been done in my lifetime certainly Um, you don't want a coordinator that bad again at any point anytime soon yeah um, but you know, other teams have done it. Uh, yep. I don't, it's happening and, all over the league right now. Head coaches right. and coordinators. The thing to go do, and you know, there's less um, patience anymore, Brian, because uh, uh, of the big money. Um, you know, the quarterback. Every, all the money's put in a quarterback. Certainly not Pickett yet, but you know, the first round pick, um, and the. Uh, the ability to turn things around quicker than they did in the old days when you, yeah. you where there was no free agency. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers were kind of the last bastion of that patience. And then even now they've uh, kept up with the Joneses making a midseason firing. Yeah. But I do, you know, I think it had to happen. I mean, it's like everybody's saying that it was 58 uh, games since the last time they put up 400 yards in a game. That's kind of true regular season, but it was actually, um, you know, it might've been your last game on the beat that Browns playoff game. Um, in Ben's second to last season, the following the 2020 season, they had 533 yards, I think. Now, granted, that was a wonky game. Crazy things happened in it. They had to play from behind. But that was Randy Feetner's last game as offensive coordinator, and then Canada was promoted. So it's almost like you have a toilet that that was working perfectly fine at your house, and you bring in a new guy, to, and then if something goes wrong, you bring in a new guy as your uh, plumber, and he says, no, it, I, I can't fix this. It's unfixable. And as soon as you hire somebody else to do it, all of a sudden it's working. It's like, what was that guy uh, thinking in the, in the middle of it? Because first game without Canada, they get right back to that somewhat arbitrary threshold, but one that obviously um, you know, shows, it speaks to how little the offense was doing while he was here. Well, the, the, uh, another advantage, like I said, I'm conflicted. I, I see the pros and uh, maybe not the cons, but... Like I said, Mike Tomlin's the boss. I think if anybody should have done was doing anything, he should have done it. Um, it gives Mike and well, let's include Art Rooney now uh, the chance to evaluate uh, Eddie Faulkner and and Sullivan. You know to see right see how these guys um, perform and see if either one or or both, if you want to keep doing this, can do this next year. Yeah, and I guess that can be a double-edged sword. You know, again, Jerry wrote about this when the move was made last week that it was, I guess, a long, long-time school of thought from the Rooney family that interim coaches in general are just kind of a tricky situation because if you do have a modicum of short-term success, you kind of galvanize the team, players start to rally around them. There's a 
there's a good vibe, there's a good buzz in the air, and yet you need to make a more forward-thinking, long-term decision for a, a position that significant, and you don't want that to complicate things going forward if you feel like, hey, these were these dudes were still part of the same staff that had so much trouble for the last few seasons. Exactly, Brian. Uh, Dan Rooney told me this more than once of why, just how you explained it, why he would never fire a head coach in the middle of a season. You know, um, he would wait till the end of the season. The only time he did, and he didn't really fire him, was when Buddy Parker, Buddy Parker used to get drunk and turn in his resignation all the time. And <laughs> four terrible preseason games back in, uh, oh, 66, I think it was, uh, he did the same thing. And this time, Dan Rooney said, I accept your resignation. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Um, yeah. Do you have a Do you have a renewed uh, confidence in Pickett after that performance, Ed, or do you feel like that was a one game uh, one game scenario that was unique, and you got to see more? You know, I was I was fooled a little bit, and I don't think I'm alone. Uh, after last season, and then coming out of the preseason, I thought Pickett had everything you wanted in a quarterback. I really. And did. then the next time I texted with you, I feel like you were a little bit more uh, down on him, to oh, say the least. <laughs> then Brian, I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, he looks very tentative, uh, uh, just doesn't look comfortable. He gets out of the pocket too quickly. Now, I know the line hasn't been great, but but still, I think there are times he gets out of the pocket too quickly, and gee, sometimes he just misses these receivers who are wide open. And I know there's been miscommunication when a receiver runs one route and he throws it to the other, but there are occasions where you, it's just a typical slant. You can see it, and he's throwing, and he throws over the guy's head. But last week, yes, I, I thought, uh, like everyone else, he did a much better job. He should have had, uh, you know, people keep harping on the points and the and 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 the one touchdown. There was another touchdown there. You know, Mike Tallman should have challenged that. That should have never been called an incompletion. That was ridiculous. Uh, that was a catch in the end zone. And, you know, he, he operated that offense. Uh, so I, I think now uh, they – Bengals didn't have the greatest defense in the world, but I think or the greatest quarterback on the other side. Yeah. (laughs) Step forward for him. And we'll see if he can do it against the Cardinals. You know, the the schedule is laid out beautifully for the Steelers to go really, really to be 11 and four. Now that may sound too optimistic. So let's say 10 and five, but 10 and five going in those last two games might be good enough to make the playoffs. And then if they could, if they had 11 going into Baltimore, it might be good enough to set that up as a showdown for the division. Absolutely. I went into that uh, Ohio swing thinking Steelers might get swept in, in Cleveland and Cincy, and then Deshaun Watson goes down, and then Joe Burrow goes down. So it, it just shows you the uh, craziness of the NFL. No, at home without Burrow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they won on the road last year in Baltimore, and that um, – second to last game of the season, I think it was. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is breaking their way. You know, there's been a lot of hand-wringing about the Steelers' injuries, but it's a it's a league Look of attrition. <laughs> Look at the Patriots. They get them yeah. a terrible team right now. Yeah, yeah, they're miserable. And, you know, early on in the season, there were some parallels between the Belichickian uh, era and the Tomlin era, but, you know, one's going up right now, and, and the other one is continuing on a on a downward spiral, so... Uh, that'll still be an interesting matchup between those two, nonetheless. Maybe the last matchup between those two. Who knows? Well, I I, I would think it's the last one between Belichick of New England. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of if he goes somewhere else next year. Right. But um, all righty, Ed. Well, hey, thanks for doing this. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, weigh in on before we uh, before we part ways? No, Brian, I will tell you a couple of weeks ago, I saw my first NFL game other than in the press box in the stadium. Um, it may be my last. <laughs> Where was it? In, in, at Akershire? Yes, I went there. Uh, I was invited up to a box. Um, so you were still you were still enclosed. You weren't rubbing elbows with the commoners. The windows were open, though. I could hear the crowd, and that's <laughs> the difference, Brian. Be, be, when you're behind the glass in a press box, you don't get an appreciation. However, I was happy to be behind the glass in the press <laughs> box when it's weather like it is now. Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're right about that. People will always ask me oh, how was the environment and stuff. And I'm like, it's hard for me to really say because right. it, at least in Pittsburgh, uh, you know how it is that it's you don't hear much uh, the outside noise at, at Acrisure Stadium. So, um, well, hey, thanks again, Ed. It's always great catching up with you. Uh, we miss you at the Post-Gazette. I'm sure Steelers fans, readers, viewers, listeners all miss you as well uh, for the great Ed Bouchette. I'm Brian Batko. Thanks for tuning in this week to, uh, to Chip Tam and Football from Post-Gazette's Podcast Network, and we will see you next time. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com. Hey.